We are back with a fresh one. What is going on? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for uh, checking out the show. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. You can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes and those new episodes will pop right into you as soon as they become uploaded and available. And you can also leave a, a review and click five stars and say something nice there about about the show if you're digging it, if you're listening to it on the regular. That is the uh, most helpful thing that you can do and it is a free way to support the podcast and really helps others find the podcast that wouldn't normally stumble upon it hopefully getting uh some more national exposure for the the artists and and creatives that come on the show so please hit subscribe leave the review hit the five stars it's much appreciated you can also check out the dan cable presents youtube channel which features uh both in studio and live performances from uh, mostly artists from the northwest most recently threw up the fontaine videos um mike fontaine has been on the uh he's been on the show a couple times uh i think man maybe episode 13 he was the uh the first mc to come on the show and it's definitely a memorable episode for me and i feel like these videos from the white eagle these things really knock it out on the park of uh of capturing mike's energy and what he's about um I just did a uh, a write-up on Mike um, via Vortex, so you can check that out. Uh, did a video premiere through through the website. You can also find him on on the YouTube channel, like I said. But big ups to to Vortex for always supporting the program and uh, the partnership that we have uh, come together on uh, premiering these videos through their website and whatnot. And uh, Check out those videos. Check out those Fontaine videos on the YouTube channel. Um, also, the Tribe Mars documentary is up there. Um, that's mentioned a lot during this episode of the podcast, which features a uh, chat with a production crew member, the man behind the camera, the, the dude putting together all these videos since episode 30. Forrest Brennan is on the show. Thought it'd be fun to have Forrest on on the program and talk about uh, how we got into film and I don't know. Just I, I work with the guy pretty often on projects and he's always uh, a solid dude to be around. I always enjoy my time with Forrest and I feel like he's uh, just a very inspiring person to be around as well as as someone that is encouraging of these ideas that i have and to to just kind of go after them and yeah super appreciative to to get to work with such a a talented fella and um also super appreciative that he was willing to sit down and have this conversation with me and and kind of hop on the mics because what i uncovered through this is is a pretty rad story about 
a dude that really trusted in the process and and held out and made it through some some tough things and it's just a seems to be one of the those the stories that you need of of hard work prevailing but you know it's it's one of those things where you really put the hours in on top of a a nine to five grind just really learning and not feeling like he wasn't capable of learning how to do anything in the aspect of, of that media land or that film production end where the, whether it was editing or or filming or whatever and yeah dude is uh capable of of a lot he took me through it i i met him at his office over at the 360 labs we talk a little bit about it on the podcast what they do over there and whatnot but i'm just looking at these crazy computers and i'm just like forrest these are some of the craziest uh computers i've ever seen he's like yeah i built this one it's like whoa what <laughs> he he's just uh yeah, he talks about it. He's he's kind of a, a jack of all trades. He's he's there's just not a whole lot that he can't figure out how to do if he puts the time in into it, which is which is killer. And uh, yeah, like I said, just an inspiring dude to to be around, and definitely someone that keeps me um, inspired uh, to keep grinding away in pursuit of of good things but also just uh to also be aware that that cool things are happening right now and this is also an incredible part of the process so um let's get into some calendar dates we got a we got a long chat with Forrest we also have several musical breaks I, I asked Forrest to uh to select some of his favorite performances from the show because you know, he's usually, you know, he's always in the room for these things. And um, I just thought it would be cool to hear what some of his favorites were from the past, I don't know, 75 episodes that he's been a part of. So we're going to get into some music, all music from the program this week coming at you. Live in studio sessions that have gone on. Um, but like I said, calendar dates. Uh, if you're listening to this on release day, if you got to it extra quick, there's a dope show going on at the Fixin' 2 tonight that I am uh, throwing. It's the uh, first ever Brother Not Brother show, formerly the the fellows from Hammerhead. They are uh, having their first big kickoff as Brother Not Brother. They also just got some really dope t-shirts made by Misplaced uh, Screen Printing here in town, who also made the Dan Cable Presents baseball tees, which are available at uh, DanCablePresents.com, the official website for the program. That was that was smooth how that all worked out. I wasn't even planning to, to drop in a baseball tee plug. I almost forgot about him. Um, but Brother Not Brother. Uh, Ezra Bell and the Get Ahead killer lineup at the Fixin' 2 going on Friday the 13th. Uh, so come hang out for that. Uh, 4.20, I am throwing a show with Dusty Fox. The, the founder of Jungle Television. It's a Jungle Television. Dan Cable Presents event going on at Mississippi Pizza Pub. We got a dope lineup. Um, 
Dusty's performing with his group R&D with Rufus, Small Towns, and Gaspar, as well as Language. And we got my homies in Maxwell Cabana headlining the show. So come to uh, our version of the Smokeout where you can't actually smoke in indoors at all. But, um, you know, just came. Just come. Just came. That's that's good. Maybe that'll be the, the tagline for the show. Just came. <laughs> anyway, 420, Mississippi Pizza Pub. We hope to see you there. It's going to be a super fun hang. And uh, Maxwell Cabana is always a killer live show. So come hang for that. Vortex Music Magazine. They got their birthday party going on April 26th at Kelly's Olympian. Check that out. And then April 29th is a one another one of those free music business forums. It's a Sunday, 1 p.m. Doug Fur. They are doing a panel on how to create quality video and visual content. So Doug Fur, April 29th, 1 p.m. It's free. This is a great way to connect with other musicians um, in the city and also learn some things. They're going to have great panel as always so shout out to jason fellman and chris young always throwing throwing those together and um empowering the the local music community however they can and that's it that's what we got don't forget to leave your reviews the reviews are important to the program so click subscribe on itunes and uh hit the five stars leave a review and we're going to get into it. We're going to get into episode 106. I asked Forrest to uh, pick three of his favorite performances from the show. And he gave me this list. And then he sent me this follow-up message that said, Honorable Mention, Rare Monk. And personally, I, I just don't really need any excuse to uh, to want to play a Rare Monk jam. So I just figured we'll just listen to more than three songs on this episode so we're gonna get into it with uh rare monk's performance on the show of a song called happy haunting this is episode 106 everybody with uh forrest brennan let's get into it
where like, you want it does that sound good <laughs> that sounds great do you, are you not worried about like plosives or um popping popping no popping no. i mean it's a professional program but people can deal with a little bit of that sure that's the sweet sounds of uh forrest brennan's voice yeah popping away the man behind the camera is yeah. on the mic <laughs> hear his name so much during <laughs> during uh uh productions you know on the on the program and uh yeah i don't know man you've been you've been working with me on this oh we started yeah we're starting oh, we're just okay. jumping in you know all right we're nice little why not <laughs> <laughs> there's no proper we'll get an intro there'll be an intro before this <laughs> yeah before all this happens cool we'll, i like that intro um well you know we'll listen to some rare monk cool at that time, I felt like we I should just include the rare monk as well. Sure, because you 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 know you gave them a little honorable mention. Totally, I asked you to pick some songs from uh, past performances, and, mm-hmm. and you picked some some dandies. I mean, I feel like um, I I had some idea of of who you would pick, and uh, you surprised me a really? little bit. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked on the on the uh, on the picks, but. Huh. Uh, we'll get into the music later. Sure. I uh, thought it would be fun to have you on the podcast, and I've been I've been thinking about having you on the show for a while. Um, but you've been you've been working alongside me on this thing for a while now, for like a y- 
like probably a year and a half or so. Has it been? At least. Because yeah. it was episode 30 that you ki- that you came in on. Okay. So and 70 it, episodes. Well, I mean 70 plus. I mean obviously you haven't been a part of all those because right. some like not all of them have been studio sessions, but when you mm-hmm. when you started, uh actually a majority of them were studio sessions at that time. So right. we got a lot done mm-hmm. quickly and um I just thought it'd be it'd be nice to have you on the show and just kind of like learn a little bit more about you because I, I have spent like a lot of time with you doing different production shit usually mm-hmm. it's uh like i always enjoy having you around like from from the get-go i felt like it was a good fit vibe wise like you're just very easy to work with uh-huh. but i feel like you're comfortable with me enough to be like hey this this might not be working you know mm-hmm. like to actually say something not so much with Mike because he usually yells at me. But <laughs> I'll usually whisper things. Audio to you. Is, the, is my number one priority. <laughs> That's a really terrible Mountaineer Mike voice, but he always tells me that. He's like, "You're worried about the visual. I'm never worried about the visual. <laughs> I just want it to sound good. Yeah. Like, I got it. I got it." <laughs> but yeah, it just felt like you were a pretty pretty good fit from the from the get go on it. And yeah. Um. But I just, uh, I don't, like, because we are usually working on something, mm-hmm. I just feel like uh, we don't always get, like, a chance to, like, talk about anything else than what we're working on. Right. Um, I, th- I think I recall that you come from Arizona. Sort of. Um, I come from a few places. I guess originally it's New Mexico. Okay. And Santa Fe. Um, and then I moved to Colorado for college and then I moved to Arizona to try to do video stuff. And then Arizona kind of, kind of suck. It's good for a while, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not, a li- I'm not a live there kind of person. Some people are. Yeah. And I decided to go for the exact opposite sort of climate. And ironically, it was the exact opposite sort of creative culture i found too where i did everything i could in arizona um in in creatively that i could and i still wasn't <laughs> making a dime uh still being a janitor for all those years cleaning toilets in the evening and shooting cool videos during the day oh shit and then i was like all right i need to do something new and came to portland so when when did you start like getting into to film and and production of that sort um i guess in college i got a degree in communications um more so because they made me pick a major and i wanted to get in and out of four years and get that magic piece of paper that says i'm smart (laughs) and um (laughs) i wasn't too concerned about what it was in i had fun with doing communication stuff doing radio and journalism and i took three video classes and made some cool little things very weird all my stuff that i direct and stuff is very weird um very inspired by david lynch and Eraserhead, and hence my david lynch tattoo <laughs> or i should say a razor head tattoo but um 
yeah and then i and then i was sort of lost for a while just kind of wondering what 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 am i what is my life going to be you know you, you're in your early to mid 20s and drinking and smoking is it's sort of blending in and it's not as exciting as it once was and the thrill of just having a good time is sort of slowly dissipating right and there's this you have this search like what am i what am i doing again what am i actually doing like what is life mm-hmm. <laughs> what right. am i going to do with it exactly and uh yeah so i started making music videos i think um in colorado right before i left and in arizona i just started going on craigslist uh and meetups on facebook and just working for anybody and not ever charging a dime. It just, I, I met some really, really weird, crazy people that had, they, they, yeah, they, they thought that they were going to do amazing big things. And so I just sort of documented them uh, along their journey and, and not made some cool videos, fun videos over the years there, but you know, nothing, nothing came of, uh, I guess, financial substance yeah put it that way creatively it was super cool there was never any substantial exposure of those things that yeah. you were documenting so right. it didn't like grow enough following to to provide yeah. any like financial yeah means from it but right you were still get, sounds like you were just filming a lot and just getting a lot of a lot of experience yeah that's what's that's what that was my my real education i think in video was I, I, would, I, I would ask these people what they want and I would find out a way to do it. And I didn't really know how to do it. I just sort of figured it out um, with my really little crappy handy cam. Yeah, man. This tiny little Sony handy cam. I think it was like 500 bucks or something. And just started shooting anything and everything. But like prior going to college, you weren't messing around with any cameras or anything like that? No. Were you were you like into film at, or movies at that time, in depth? Not really. So I, yeah, I, I I wasn't one of those guys who's like, they 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 make home videos or something with yeah. their friends. They're growing up and then they turn into directors or video people, and it's like a life calling. But when you picked I up the, like the cameras in in college, that that kind of set it off for you. It definitely sparked. I, I realized it through those experiences how much fun it is to create a made up story with friends and just mess around with this technology and these ideas to combine them together to create something that's just sort of wild and uh, out there. And just the bonding, the, the experience of being in that mode was so addictive. I found that I would forget that I had anything else going on in my life. I forgot I had to go to the bathroom for hours and hours on end, you know? Um, and yeah, I just got sucked into it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Do you think that's just like being 100% present? Like, mm. as yeah. As far as like when, when you do lose track of everything else and, and everything else is, like means you just have no no vision of anything but, but what's going on in front of like the camera. Yeah. At that point almost. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's, it's sort of, uh, expanded to kitties making noise. Yeah. I don't know. You probably can't even hear it. You know, no, okay. usually kitties tacking some boxes yeah, or something. It's all right. We've had some different animals on the Danny K. Presents <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we had uh, Zeke's cat from Young Elk. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember the cat's names. I don't really remember hmm. any of the pets' names from mm-hmm. the program. Do you know my cat's name? I don't remember. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's fine. I know it's terrible. You can call me anything you want. <laughs> I do remember when that. Uh, I I think I was around when that when you first got that cat because mm-hmm. it's not that old, right? Yeah, I think he's just over a year now. Yeah, and uh, we were messing around with the laser pit, uh, the laser pointer. Oh yeah, like it was like nineteen ninety six, and were, the pens just came out. I know <laughs> we were trying to edit the documentary we were working on, and I was like, okay, Dan, just take this laser pointer and get this cat yeah, away from to me. Distract the cat. <laughs> and you tore you you made him tear around the house so long he started panting. It's hard to make a cat <laughs> pant, but you made that cat pant. <laughs> what can I say? I was given a task, yeah. and I uh, I succeeded. You did. <laughs> but anyway, going back to just kind of losing yourself mm. in the work early. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, it's such a cool feeling when that's going on because mm-hmm. you don't like you don't even realize it right. that it's happening, and mm-hmm. you're just you're just completely lost in it. This yeah, is definitely like my early experiences with falling into any studio sessions, like as a musician or just long songwriting sessions with mm-hmm. people or solo. You just you just completely drift off and then realize, oh, four hours went by. Right. <laughs> like I had something to do today. Right. Yeah, it's it's cool, and it definitely expanded it to the the computer world too, where I'd spend hours editing just weird stuff just promo videos or little short films um and i totally just got lost in 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 doing that um and eventually occurred to me that wow i i bet there's a way i could do this and get paid for it like i i bet there's a way i could do this and not scrub toilets at night or not work at some some restaurant job that sucks yeah because when I first moved here, I was I was washing dishes at this hotel restaurant or something, and I, I would just come just get completely soaked, and then I have to ride my bike home, and it was good stepping ground. I mean, I had to have a job at that time, and absolutely, eventually, and it, nothing like having a crappy job to make you wanna you know to go, drive you to drive you yeah to want you to get get out of that yeah so crappy jobs are good for for that. Pre- well uh first first day of uh dan cable presents production for you the the first session that you stumbled upon was uh this adverse effects group that came through Mm -hmm. and uh this is definitely one of my my favorite groups in town and with the the passing of their drummer boyd Mm -hmm. just like not not too long ago it feels like even more special to have have gotten to to had them in the space and and capture like a few videos and get to have this documented conversation because something that have forever now and the band has as well so it's like mm-hmm. really cool to to have that so um, I was super pumped 
that you chose uh, this song "Candy" oh, yeah. from Adverse uh, and, uh, as that w- one of the songs that that you wanted to feature on this episode. As my first impression of like working with you and and the show, I, I set up my cameras and I there's five six guys. Yeah, there's um, I there's, guess five in that room. Yeah, there's there's four and players then, in the band. There's uh, okay. there's Boyd uh-huh. on drums, R.I.P. And then uh, Spencer Keys, uh-huh. and then you got uh, you got Vince on guitar, mm-hmm. and you got Benjay on bass, and then mm-hmm. yeah, so there's five of them with okay. uh, Fiji on on the on the on the uh, on the bars, yeah, the MC of yeah. the group, yeah, and that uh, that was so cool. I don't know, I I I I've always wanted to be I think a musician in a way, and so it's just that I get to hang out with musicians be like oh yeah i'm you know i'm i'm filming them i'm 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 one of the the crew yeah yeah i'm i'm with the band uh i don't know if you know that but i'm with the band so for sure um, dude we're gonna make some videos about candy oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is adverse effects everybody um you have to go back to episode 31 i believe to find adverse effects but you can find all of the uh all the songs we're featuring are on the youtube channel the dan cable presents youtube channel and uh Forrest Brennan has uh, shot all these videos, so definitely check it out. Give it a subscribe, and uh, we'll be we'll be back with you after this uh, this lovely jam by Adverse Effects called Candy. Love that candy. Give me two sticks of licorice with the lollipop. I love that candy. Oh, pretty please, kisses with the cherry on top. Love that candy. Bazooka bubble and a banana split for two. I love that candy. And we chew and we chew and we chew, we chew, chew. Yo, how can it make you understand? I just want a piece of candy in my hand. Chocolate covered grayling pecan from the south. Oh man, I can't wait to have to put it in my mouth. Mmm, that taste. What could it be? Your strawberry lipstick lingering on me. You want a gummy bear from my pocket? They're all soft. Ew. All right, well, maybe not. Apple juice kisses that bubble bath time. Let me get the champagne with the lemon, lemon and the lime. Stereo stimulation with the lemon Followed by a massage at a quarter till nine. I tickle your nipple with the tip of my popsicle. A fruit juice trickle for the price of a nickel. Split a pack of double bubble between me, me and, and you. And we chew and we chew and we chew and we chew and chew. Singing love that candy. They give me two sticks of licorice and a lollipop. I love that candy oh pretty please kisses with the cherry on top love that candy bazooka bubble and a banana split for two and i love that candy and we chew and we chew we chew we chew chew yeah damn girl you gon' give me a cavity milky way body your booty defying gravity all that yoga stretch it out like some taffy she always grabs the licorice whips when she get mad at me actually she grabbing the whips and whipped cream strawberries and yo berries them's my favorite things mix the cherry off her lips when it's time to get handsy damn it's the candy man playing in your candy land so go ahead to that bubble I see you is a mise and your Cheshire cat smile. I raise your two butterfingers with a lollipop while my girl gets a fix on some hot chocolate. The 20 Jolly Ranchers that I just consumed have got me about to let loose on this bowl of kaboom. So 
cooking chefs, chocolate, salty paws, a giant picture of Kool-Aid. Come and bustin' through your walls, singing love that candy. They give me two sticks of licorice with the lollipop. I love that candy. Oh, pretty please, kisses with the cherry on top. Love that candy. Bazooka bubble and a banana split for two. I love that candy. And we chew and we chew and we chew, we chew, chew, yo. Dead presents. We want to thank y'all for hopping on the Adverse Effects Express this afternoon. With all the most delicious treats and sweets that you will ever need. Straight from those Reese's Double D cups to those Hershey Kiss nipples. Singing love that candy. They give me two sticks of licorice and a lollipop. I love that candy. Oh, pretty please kisses with the cherry on top. Love that candy. Bazooka bubble and a banana split for two And I love that candy And we chew and we chew and we chew and we chew, chew Keep on chewing, Dan Cable <laughs> Yeah, one thing that I quickly kind of noticed mm-hmm. About working with you was exactly what you were just talking about It's just kind of, it seemed like you were excited to to just be in the space with us like in the studio and mm-hmm. it didn't uh i feel like you told me a couple times like this isn't like really work this is just like getting to hang out and like do some cool shit you know mm-hmm. and, and get exposed to some different artists because we really didn't know each other at all before you even coming to the studio that day pretty much like i don't think we we met because of the podcast mm-hmm. because i had bitter buddha on mm-hmm. and um, you were at a show of theirs that I showed up to and you were just filming some live stuff and you had a camera mic mm-hmm. and you were just, I don't know, you just kind of told me, hey, I do, I kind of do this every once in a while, I'll go film a band and, you know, mm-hmm. put together a video. And uh, right at that time, I lost Garrett Isham, who was previously doing the work on on the, uh, the video end. And... Mm-hmm. I reached out to some people like, Hey, I need a new person. And, um, I think it was Skylar from bitter Buddha was just like, Hey, remember that dude Forrest that you met? And I was just like, Oh, perfect. Hmm. And, but prior, like we didn't have a like pre meeting right. to you coming in that time. Like, and how many cameras do you have? Yeah. Uh, how, how is this going to work? Right. Uh, <laughs> and we didn't, I don't know. It was just kind of, intended to be that session and see how it went that day mm-hmm. and um yeah. i swept you off your feet you swept me off my feet <laughs> and you just seemed genuinely like excited like mm-hmm. you were saying it's just like get to see these bands and it must have been just kind of a trip like i'm glad adverse was your kind of your entryway yeah and even that whole day it was adverse corgi and bass mm-hmm. and then it was uh a meet the secret c the yes. acoustic player and, yep. and Gil from Glasses was on keys. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you got Epic to day. see kind of like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to see a lot of different types of music mm-hmm. through this. Or right. maybe, yeah, I don't know. Just maybe some, some different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I, I have always, I think Portland has that reputation of being uh, a musician city. 
and where the music scene is is such a uh, big part of what's going on here for for the people in the creative world and to yeah to see the just the variety um of really funny songs of really sad songs of really happy songs of all genres all in a day yeah it was it was cool yeah you're always it's it's funny you're the only person that's usually in the room aside from the band and myself that's and true yeah you do a, a you do a solid job of like making it not feel like you're in the room mm-hmm. almost too right because sometimes not all the time but sometimes it can be a very intimate conversation that's going down between mm-hmm. myself and and whomever's in the room and a lot mm-hmm. of times it's just like goofy as fuck and we're just laughing and and whatever but it's right. uh it's i feel like having having your stamp of approval sometimes like after an episode you would be like that was really cool man <laughs> it's <just laughs> like oh cool this guy he's in the room for all of them so if you yeah. said it was cool uh, it was a good episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny it is a, a, a different sort of mode because y- we just film the songs and then the the podcast starts and i turn everything off Right. And move as quickly, as quietly as I can. And then I try to disappear into the shadows as much as I can. And I even find that when sometimes the guest is looking at me, I think to because I'm in the room and sometimes I'm I'm not in the shadows enough or something that they notice me. They they don't want to like pretend I'm not there out of being nice. And so sometimes I find myself looking away so that they know they don't have to try to include me in the conversation. It's It's about you talking with them and i'm just this creeper in the background <laughs> w- w- waiting to turn on the video <laughs> camera just waiting for me to say force you ready yeah. <laughs> are we good <laughs> cameras are rolling <laughs> it's forrest brennan everybody oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's exactly. awesome um as far as when you started like taking on those early projects back in arizona did you as far as the editing stuff, was that all self-taught or was like those some tools that you picked up while in college as well? Um, a little bit. I, I interned at, uh, Arizona public media, which is basically their version of Oregon public media. Okay. Um, and so I learned a big portion of my editing chops doing just, little little short snippet videos for them um and then after i didn't have access to those to that in after the internship finished i went online and found bootlegged versions of professional editing software and just started doing it myself that means he stole them yes everybody (laughs) <laughs> I momentarily borrowed them yeah. because eventually them. I paid for them. Need, exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt about the records yeah. that I now purchase <laughs> that I didn't that back then. You know, yeah. When everybody was downloading music, I was right there. Oh yeah. Downloading music. Oh yeah. This crazy catalog of, of music on my computer <laughs> that I did not pay for. And I feel like I have uh, unfortunately given back by purchasing way too many vinyl records <laughs> and you know, we're in good state. I feel like it's balanced now. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I'm going to stop right before encouraging people to do that, but it, 
sure worked for me. <laughs> and at a time when I could not have afforded it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's not necessarily fair. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to encourage people to just take what they need, but right. you would have maybe paid for it if you had the money to pay for Definitely. it. Definitely. So yeah, the, the, the hassles you have trying to run bootleg software is crazy. I, I, I've spent way too many hours just trying to get a program to work way too many. And I, those are all hours that you could be actually editing Yeah. or, or learn. Yeah. Just improving whatever project you're working on. As far as the editing, did you, do you enjoy doing editing? Yeah. Cause you're very, like from what, what I understand and what I observe Mm-hmm. You're very efficient and very good at editing. Thank you. And I think even even when I met you, you told me that's what you were primarily even doing. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing a lot of shooting mm-hmm. when when you started doing the show. Right. So, is yeah, it, it, it is something that you you enjoy though. Like you can kind of zen out. Yeah. Through it. Uh huh. For sure. I I think it's it's such a back when I was trying to figure out if this was my life calling or not i tried to i learned every aspect of anything i could um editing using certain cameras and just there's so many different applications out there that do different things and i wanted to learn it all because i found that the more that i learned the more useful i was and if i knew how to clean up audio if i knew how to do these really cool effects for video these overlays that just make these videos pop and stuff just all these little things that you can say you know how to do makes you so much more valuable and now i i hang out with with film friends sometimes and we you know we meet some of their other film buddies and they ask me what i do and and a lot of times people will say i'm I'm just like a master of uh what is it master of many trades what's that term the uh the jack of all trades jack of all trades that's it I'm, i mean if you're the master of all of them that's, that's also very <laughs> I'm a excellent master jack of all trades. you just don't want anybody to say he's a jack of all trades and master of none you're right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, i just think editing is probably my my main bag still though that's that's rad that you were able to recognize though mm. that like how much value you could instill in yourself really Mm -hmm. just investing that time into yourself of learning all these different things Mm -hmm. because that just makes your resume super incredible and then also it's not a bullshit resume like you can actually do these different things Mm -hmm. so when someone asks you to do something i'm assuming you're usually capable or have some general understanding of how to how to make moves in that department Mm -hmm. yeah and i've always been i think a biggest part a big part of that is I don't think I've ever said to anyone I've ever worked for, I don't know how to do that. And I can't do that. If anything, I would say, I don't know how to do that, but I bet I could figure it out. And I'm not, there's got probably a couple things that I had to call it quits on, or I got, I didn't come close or, but I, I can't really, nothing really comes to mind where I was beaten by not being able to figure something out. So I think that's probably one of what a, a, a huge part of my talent. I think is just be able to sit down and really evaluate. Okay, how do you make this? 
these these lines run across the screen ever so slightly or whatever it is that people are looking for. Yeah. And how do you how do you manage like the tediousness of of editing? Mm. How do you how do you avoid that part of it? Or is, or is that always going to be some I would imagine that that's mm. just like a part of editing in any capacity where whether it's audio or visual or mm-hmm. in print that there right. has to be some tedious nature to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, how do you Or does it, or does it vary by project? Like yeah. if, if you're interested in the project, then it does I, I can spend hours on it. Yeah, that's I think that's probably a big part of it. Um there are some projects I've worked on where I send it to the client to be hey here's your 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 video i better not get too specific here here's your video um and and i watch it and i see things i want to change but then they get back to me and they say oh it's great we like it and which usually surprises me because it's because i see faults and errors and then i don't say anything i'm just okay yeah if you say it's good then I'm, i'm gonna stop working on it that's it um but yeah, I, I guess it didn't. I, I, a few people have asked me about that, about the tediousness, and it, it. I don't think it just. I think it just tediousness hasn't really occurred to me. So it just clicks for you. you yeah, you do enjoy it. Yeah, for the most part, and it is a space that you can be very comfortable in and mm-hmm. lose a few hours to. Mm-hmm. Is it important for you to, like, are you someone that likes to set kind of a cap? on how many hours you'll sit in the chair and, and edit consecutively, or is it all kind of like a feel thing a lot of the time? Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's a, a feel thing. I mean, there's definitely projects where I I have an agreement that I'll work 20 hours, and that's just sort of in writing. Um, and then once I hit that 20-hour point, then we have to rediscuss the budget. Yeah. Um, but I, I will... Um, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say now I have less of an endurance than when I was just scrubbing toilets and thinking, okay, I have to this I have to make this work. I, I if when I was scrubbing toilets, I man, I was editing eight to ten hours every day, or shooting, but usually just editing so much time. And and these projects that got you know less than a hundred views on YouTube, and they've been up there for over eight years <laughs> yeah but that was like that like you said that was kind of your education it was all right yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of been the same with this to a certain degree is that like i always wanted like ever since i was a kid i wanted to do some sort of communications thing mm-hmm. you know went to school for communications as well but didn't get into the broadcast area where i kind of more wanted to be because hmm. I always wanted to do maybe play by play of sports <laughs> and then my love for music came about and then got super invested in this music scene mm-hmm. here in Portland and just kind of like realized oh this is this is the show that I should do like this mm-hmm. is this is the gear that it should be and it's all been like this learning experience and mm-hmm. and maybe in hopes that I can build my own resume because it was either I was going to go back to school mm-hmm. for like a master's degree 
But then all the jobs I looked at needed, required all this experience. So I decided I was just going to create my own. Create your experience. Yeah. I mean, now totally. now I have uh, over 100 episodes to show for it and mm-hmm. like the videos and, and all of this production that's gone on right within a two-year period. And it's like, I don't know, this this to me seems more valuable to have this than another degree of mm-hmm. some sort, you know? Definitely. I 100% agree. I, my, my resume is, is I guess my website, but in addition to just all the videos I've done, I, I've, I've done a few different, um, websites over the years. And that was, uh, that was in lieu of ri- having a written document that said I did this project or whatever from this time to this day. Um, and I, I, I got to the point where my website had hundreds of videos on on all these different pages assorted all these different ways and no one could ever open the website because it was a bunch of youtube videos all trying to load at the same time and it occurred to me like damn there's a there's a lot of crap on here like no one can watch any of it because <laughs> it's, it's it's too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and and so i i i had to uh sort of bring it down and and have very very selective is, is what i learned is is showing off what makes you look best because once you get to that point where you've worked on all these different things it's no one's going to take time to watch all these videos or all these things that you've created it's it's about picking out the top the best of the best and and showing off yourself that way yeah i mean especially if they are not picking it up from where you started they're Mm -hmm. probably not going to go back all the way like somebody that starts listening to this episode of the podcast might go back a few, but they're probably gonna, not going to start at number two mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, you know, and go through the entire thing. Right. But yeah, man, that's very, that's, this is a, this is so cool that we did this or that we are doing this because <laughs> I had, the, I had no idea about any of the, you know, scrubbing toilets for eight hours <laughs> and then, and then making all these videos. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't that I think that's just like such an incredible story. Yeah. Like, is it 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 I I will point mention also that I I was also single during all these years. I think that helped a lot too. Just allowed you to have that freedom and not have like burden might be a bad word right. but like <laughs> but not have to feel guilty about where all your time was going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean my my life during those I would say it took me seven years of doing stuff for free, doing free video work. And yeah. that, and I that whole time I had a part-time really crappy job. And then the rest of my, my days was editing. And um, I would, yeah, single that whole time. Not, not, not really by choice. You know, I, it wasn't like I wasn't trying, but it, it just didn't happen for seven years. And also being so impassioned to want to find meaning in my life yeah. with myself and, and not find meaning in my life through someone else. I, I wanted to find it within myself first. And eventually I feel that I, I found it. And when I did, when I felt that I was very self-assured in, in the choices that I had made, the, these these seven years of doing these crappy jobs where I probably could have gotten an office job in some communications department or marketing or something. Uh, I didn't have to be have these low-grade kind of jobs, but I chose to. 
and in the end it, it just i felt feel built so much character in me and helped me take just be so appreciative of the good opportunities when finally finally after six seven years they started coming in yeah man yeah. just yeah must just offer you this pretty incredible perspective when you are kind of maybe having a rough day at the day job or like maybe on a shoot that you're ready to go home from Mm -hmm. that like just what you've you've kind of built yourself and and how far you have come from doing all those videos for free and scrubbing toilets right it's wild yeah and i now have a wonderful girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) and you you can show like uh share some time with yeah exactly i have the time um to yeah actually connect with with someone else and i think during those years i really just had to connect with myself yeah it's funny how yeah i don't know things seem to shake out the way they're supposed to if like if you're determined to uh have faith in like your plan Mm-hmm. of some sort you know yeah and to trust your your gut yeah i think is a big part of it too because i said yes to so many things that i was sort of iffy about and there were some things that i knew i didn't want to do um or or i did something long enough and i just thought okay this has got to be the end um so yeah following following my gut and and somehow i knew it was time to leave arizona i basically just started Googling top 10 places to live in the United States and Portland, Oregon was popping up on all these lists. Right on. And I was like, all right, Google, I'm going to Portland. Perfect. That's killer, dude. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into another musical break, uh, mostly because this thing's yelling at me that it's low battery and I don't want to lose this, uh, lovely conversation that we've had thus far. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into a jam called Moon moonshine by uh, a guest of the show by the name of Melody Federer. And uh, this is the jam. Well, I'm stumbling down this old highway again, and I'm right back at the beginning. There's an old wind blowing me straight to your door, and I already see how it's ending. We'll have a drink. We'll start I'll hold back until you lean Here I go, playing with fire again Hold my breath, I'm just about to jump in Asking, is she pretty? Is she perfect? Everything that you ever wanted Maybe I should just start walking Wish this was the moonshine talking When they put me on trial They'll say my guilty pleasure Is feeling that in my bones The one I only get On the edge of the cliff When me and that boy Are alone We'll have a drink 
We'll start laughing He'll say where Federer, that was a fun. That was a fun session. She was super nice. Mm-hmm. I had and that no was random, too, right? You bringing her in? Yeah, that was a. She was a singer songwriter from Los Angeles. This dude, um, that I connected with some through some other. I don't even know how we ended up connecting initially, but he managed some artists, and he was like, "Hey, man, uh, this." This uh, artist is coming up for a couple shows, and she's looking for some press to do, and I hear that you're the person to talk to. Hmm. And that was kind of the first time someone outside of the Pacific Northwest kind of reached out to me to get press for somebody, and it was yeah. It was like one of those validating things where I was just like, all right, man, maybe something maybe something is working with this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, um, yeah, that was she was super sweet. When yeah. she can't and she it was, was just like a lot of fun and that's always a session that that mike seems to remember as well yeah yeah mm. he's brought it up a few times as yeah. well i think we were all kind of moved by her, she, her yeah she was just also real real willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. oh in within the conversation about where her tunes came from yeah and They're when and anybody's a like lets their guard down it it's it's just a i don't know i think people really admire that when someone's willing to just kind of spill their guts mm-hmm. that and the the rashid episode man 
so moved by what he had to say. I, I gave him a, I felt weird because I sort of came out of the shadows at the end of that interview and I, I had to give him a hug. Yeah, but dude. <laughs> that was so uh, that, fascinating. That, yeah, the Rashid episode is definitely one that I hold on the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. That was just one of those ones where it just, it was a completely different conversation that I had had with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't know Rashid very mm. well. Oh, like wow. We had briefly chatted after a show or two mm-hmm. and, and arranged for him to come on and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, since that, I've definitely had the pleasure of having a lot of conversations with that dude. And he he just, I don't know, his his mentality to me is so next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was he was very willing to talk about just the way he sees things and mm-hmm. and drop that drop that knowledge on the show really? <laughs> i was just like oh man this is where it's at like this yeah. is this is the program right here yeah. <laughs> uh but one of my favorite things um uh, that i've worked on with you was that try mars documentary mm-hmm. and uh yeah i can't say it enough like i really don't think it like comes together that way with like without you a part of that project like Mm -hmm. that first effort to make a short film Mm -hmm. um yeah you definitely were i don't know i feel like you had a big hand in in the direction in some ways Mm -hmm. that 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 took and i mean obviously i think i learned a lot about how when something gets edited yeah like how much of a game changer the editor can be to something right and how important like that role is mm-hmm. um because you were i don't know you just you just caught all, you were just such like a good set of of eyes and ears to have on it because all i had was like myself and the idea of what i wanted to happen with that thing sure so it was just kind of <laughs> like hey force i want to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and anytime i have something to do you're just always very encouraging of it and you're just like all right let's try it (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome yeah no that that was cool because i yeah i would definitely say you absolutely had the director role in that and i was very i i i kind of felt that i was holding i didn't disagree with anything you were doing at the time i felt it felt very experimental to me yeah and so going through that process i felt i i only got i only formed opinions once we were editing um during the interview during the live filming during the follow-up interviews um i it's i I didn't have a i didn't have any kind of vision to add to yours i feel like until we started editing and then up until then you 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 had enough vision i think you had it's such such a, a cool idea to go so much more in depth in, in in such a cool band um that yeah i just going going with the flow and yeah. until until I, I feel opinions coming you know? yeah and it, that's it, like where i really needed you to have an opinion was during that editing process because mm-hmm. i remember um i remember seeing how how concise you would like cut something down to and and only like pretty much trim all of the fat and sometimes i would uh 
I would see like the initial clip and I'd be like, oh yeah, this is so rad. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like this whole minute and a half <laughs> is going to be, <laughs> you know, like in this. And yeah. then, and then I see what you do with it and mm-hmm. I'm just, I kind of like have to let go a little bit of yeah. like what, what I thought was going to happen, but then realizing, oh yeah, like this is where it needs to be, you mm-hmm. know, and just also there would be certain parts where you would say to me i see what you see in this and what was trying to be communicated but i don't think it does it clearly so Mm -hmm. i don't think this is a valuable piece and Mm -hmm. like it was very it was just very important for me to have you in the room for for things like that because i probably would have turned that thing into like a 35 minute (laughs) short film and and we did it like when you finished it it was 15 Mm -hmm. and that was probably where it needed to be mm-hmm. because it is on some unknown band to a majority of the people, you know, so it's, it's right. a nice little entry point. And yeah, I was just very, I was just also very, I knew you were good at what you did because of all the work you've done on previous videos, but I feel like that particular project was so much more in depth. Mm-hmm. So it really displayed to me like, how valuable you are to to like the process and of just like oh man force is fucking awesome at this shit like (laughs) i would you sent me like the first version of it and we racked up a good six hours of footage i think overall between the show and rehearsal and i mean it must have been a lot it must have been five hours like Mm -hmm. at the very least i would potentially double that just the fact that we had multicam setups going right. for the live set and then during the interview and and during and during the, rehearsal. the rehearsal that was because that's for footage roaming around and then you're filming part of it as well and then <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah that's wild like we did that two-hour rehearsal and used 15 seconds of it right you know yeah isn't that funny (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's such a interesting part of the whole craft but it's just catching those small moments Mm -hmm. i learned so much during that process of just like yeah seeing how the edits were made and then also just just making it Mm -hmm. it was because sometimes i would be like oh this is this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Like, this is exactly how this is supposed to play out. And sometimes yeah. I would, I don't know. I would just have to like kind of restructure mm-hmm. of like the mentality mm-hmm. that went into it. And yeah, it was just definitely, I think it was especially the interview process because that's, I, I think you're, you're such a good interviewer on, on podcasts and stuff like People that. People are going to love this. We're just blowing each other verbally. <laughs> it's just like, dude, you're so fucking good at film <laughs> and editing. And here's a bunch of reasons why. <laughs> um, you're so good at interviewing. <laughs> no. Go ahead. I'll the, let you. Uh, I'll let you do it. The <laughs> Pucker up. Here it comes. Um, so the interview process was really interesting because we had to do follow-up interviews because we had holes the the first round interview um just had i think partially we we didn't know what what 
parts of the interview we were going to use. We didn't know we hadn't even filmed the live set, so we didn't no. know what was going to happen. So it, it was it, it made a lot of sense. It, it makes sense more sense to me now, thinking that we had these holes because we didn't know what we were what songs we were even going to use. I mean, luckily you picked out some songs that you liked, which I think helped. Yeah, I think um, I really wanted to make that a part of it somehow, and I didn't I didn't know how it was going to work and how you would end up weaving audio in and out of certain scenes and with the interview setup. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I had seen tribe Mars enough to know kind of maybe which couple songs that I wanted to maybe pinpoint and, Mm -hmm. and get a little more explanation. Mm -hmm. But then I got these answers that completely unexpected to me Mm -hmm. where I was just like, Oh man, I'm so glad that I asked you about this because it had so so much more depth to it than mm-hmm. than I had anticipated. Right, and I feel like we had so much flexibility. Where in our first interview, um, and which is very different from almost every other project I've ever worked on, where you need to have your questions and you need to get these sound bites from your subject on the first round because you're probably not going to have another opportunity. We we went to their house. <laughs> we yeah, man. Went to their houses and like just went in and f- asked our follow up questions, and it was just so relaxed and organic and just we yeah they were just available to to help us. Yeah, I and mean it's also just yeah it's it's uh, the convenience of of having a subject that is local, mm-hmm. you know, and we're also able to get some things at the secret society the night of the filming of the the actual live show right and get some cool on-camera interviews there mm-hmm. but yeah i i was uh i was like very pleased that we were able to get really there was only three scenes of production really or three sets you know it was that rehearsal yeah and it was the live show mm-hmm. and then it was at their house damn that's true that's crazy for a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> and it I don't know, it just uh that whole process was just so inspiring to me and uh-huh. it, and just made me realize like I just want to make a bunch of these. <laughs> you know? the possibilities. Where are you at Netflix? That. Yeah, right. Let's get a <laughs> you can give me some money. Yeah. I'll make a little 12 episode Pacific Northwest centric. <laughs> Totally. It definitely has a show potential. Just mini doc about different bands in Portland. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, I, lo- I love doing the podcast. The podcast is, is great. And sure. the, it's the reason that any, any of this stuff even goes on, mm-hmm. but having the opportunity to have kind of an interview hang like this, but then go back and pick only the best parts of it because mm-hmm. I like I love posting the authentic conversation. Like yeah. I love that we're gonna post this as this conversation, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna nothing's gonna get edited out unless one you know you say something that you're uncomfortable with. But we're not I, gonna go want- back and be like, oh, and now I'm gonna make it him say this, uh-huh. and it just sounds so much better 
if these words go together. I, I want you to r- to remove all of my ums. <laughs> Every one. I don't want to hear a single um. I wish uh, I think the listener would like it if uh <laughs> we removed all of my likes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but and, but, and isn't that funny though? Because in the video world, that's exactly what we're doing. I spent right. a lot of time removing a lot of ums, and yeah. and yeah, and and things people would would say would repeat, and th- they would say the same thing twice in a different way, but I would pick which one I thought was the best or which one we thought was the best, and just cut everything else out. Yeah, and we we yeah, that's. This is just a different medium. It's interesting. Yeah, there's just a lot more room to to mess around with things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just fun to see how all the pieces fit. Because usually what you and I are working on together are just these single videos of a song performance, whether yep. in studio or live. Mm-hmm. So to see all these pieces come together mm-hmm. in and out of interviews and whatnot was just very much fun mm-hmm. very cool can you maybe this is something you're gonna cut out but is is there can you talk about what you want to what you want dan cable presents to incorporate or add or modify to the future videos oh like as far as more like just different productions yeah, that I want to I mean, do, or are, different, are, are, different are, projects I want to work on, or, that, or how I want to go about the future. Yeah, like what I was I telling you earlier. Basically, yeah. I, I, let's <laughs> just pretend we didn't have that no, conversation no, no, earlier, and then, but I and I also kind of bring it up just to see if if for for me to know, you know, if if you feel that there's if we're gonna stay on the 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 path we've done where we have three songs for each band that we make videos out of, or if if the format is changing at all i don't i think that i'm very stoked to do a little bit more filming in the live setting mm-hmm. and i think it might make more sense that way sometimes to capture those live performances like we have from the white eagle and and the secret society stuff we did with tribe and rashid and some aliens i think those are awesome and it gives a little more room to play around Mm -hmm. because we can pick the three best two or three best songs out of a set, you know, and it's not just the three that they picked to Mm -hmm. play that day Mm -hmm. or whatever. And maybe give them a little more chance to, to lock in as a band. Cause Mm -hmm. I think sometimes even during a live set, you know, maybe the first couple songs are, Oh, this band's good. And then three or four songs deep, you see them really like Mm. fall into it and catch the groove together. Right. Depending upon what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be rad to capture some more live stuff. Honestly, if there was a budget in place, and I hope that like doing more live videos would provide more of a budget to do more of those short documentaries. Like I would love if if we put out four of those a year That'd instead cool. of anything else. Right. Almost. You know. Yeah. And I'll always do. Look, I don't want to say always. I always intend to put out a weekly episode of this but i don't care if they're all just interviews and chats just like this with sure. inserted tracks mm-hmm. because this was always about just kind of having that human connection and and just getting to learn more about people's art and whatnot mm-hmm. and 
I just like getting on the mics and and just talking about shit. So I'm yeah. always and I so I kind of get the same thing in or out of the studio. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when people don't have to worry about the performance part of it, it it becomes a little more comfortable for some people. Mm-hmm. So, sure. um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like that doc putting out move through you got me hyped to want to do more of that shit just because i i came away with it with a lot of knowledge Mm -hmm. of how i would want to go about a next one and how it can be different and better and i just think there's so many different options to explore in that world i completely agree i i was i had what, what every time I, I watch that now i have ideas of, of things that i i would um incorporate into our process the next time yeah but i'm also very ha- like i don't want to uh poo poo that that one no because i that's I, probably i think i've even told people that this already that that's easily the thing that i'm proudest of Mm-hmm. of anything I've ever put out, like whether it's my own personal music or whatever, like mm-hmm. pro- something that I've produced in some way that that tribe doc has to be up there. Yeah. Just because I didn't, you directed for it. me, like the storytelling of, of what I wanted to do did, did work the mm-hmm. way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just hope, I hope people see that and they want to go see that band. Mm hmm. And I, um, that was, that was feedback from like somebody after the premiere for it was that I wanted more, Mm -hmm. you know? So hopefully like, it's just this 15 minute thing that makes them thirsty or or, Mm -hmm. like hungry to go see it in in the live setting. Cause that's where it really clicks anyways. Right. So, yeah. And there's, there's something very special. I think about going to see a band play where, you feel that you 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 know something intimate about them. I think it makes the viewing experience that much more intimate to you. Yeah, because you you know part of their their backstory of their lives and where they come from, and and you can see them in person. It, it's almost a a, a celebrate celebritization, if that's a word. I don't know if it is, but it's almost. I feel you though. Kind of like that. It's and it's with like that with anybody that has ever been on the show now for the most part. I have mm-hmm. a different attachment to the that person when I go see them live. Right. So it's in and it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And hopefully some of the conversations make that happen for other people too. Where mm-hmm. maybe they don't even identify with that genre of music necessarily, mm-hmm. but they enjoy learning something about that person so much that they can be a little more open minded to the music or the art that they're creating. Right. So, um, right around that time that you started working on the show though, on the, on the podcast, Mm -hmm. you kind of had dipped into that 100% freelance life. I did. Yeah. Which I I would imagine had to be like pretty liberating after all you kind of went through and all the hard work you put in Mm -hmm. to get to that point. Yeah, a lot of time spent in my pajamas. <laughs> Man, that was cool. Honestly, a lot of times I'd wake up, some 
smoke a little weed, but like I would take one hit, yeah, and then have a have my coffee and kombucha and all this stuff, and then then I would just edit in my pajamas. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Just <laughs> just working on your own, yeah. your own time. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's like since then you you had the opportunity to jump on with uh, the company that you work for currently. Is mm-hmm. it okay to say say the name of that company? Sure. I think it's really amazing, and I got to go by the office D- of three, just 360 today, Labs today. You got to see what I what I do. Yeah, and I I mean I I had the experience of you being around, like taking some uh, some different photos for 360 photos and whatnot right. that I had <clears> seen. But yeah, I know it was just kind of recently that you did make that jump, like back to a nine to five. Mm-hmm. I would imagine just because the opportunity to work with a a company that is so kind of on the cutting edge of Mm -hmm. like what technology has to offer. Mm -hmm. And, um, but going back to that freelance life that you lived for a year or so, Mm -hmm. um, did you, did you enjoy that to the max or what? Like, yeah, with, with, I was surprised at how willing I was to wake up early, even though I didn't have to, you know, I could have slept till 10 or whatever and, and worked until the evening, but I found myself waking up at seven, seven thirty, and just jumping into it. Um, and, and going to all these different, cause Portland has so many creative things happening, all these gatherings, all these meetings, all these, um, events that if you're interested in being a creative professional you can go to and try to meet people and collaborate with um so just it as it every day every week was different i never had a set schedule and i would you know move around my schedule when i could go out and sort of advertise myself and yeah uh, and it's when i say advertise myself i would just go out and like go to a bar essentially go to these meetups they're pretty much always at bars and yeah <laughs> you're just hanging out at a bar surrounded by all these other creative people and you talk about what you do and what you're interested in doing and hopefully you make some connections and it was i mean it's it's kind of scary when you first start honestly because yeah you're, you're just, cutting cutting the rope yeah you're you're just okay so this is just me i hope that i either i'm I have enough talent or I have enough winning personality or whatever it is to make people give me money to put videos together for them. Yeah. I would imagine that's really when having all of that different knowledge that you had acquired really like kicked in and came into play as well. Just there's kind of nothing I can't do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. I Uh need, need this paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it really happened quite quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, right before the freelance, I was working for this company, Bullseye Media. They're a really good uh, video production company, and they also do like DVDs and CDs yeah. and Blu-rays. Duplication and, and stuff. Duplication, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really good company. And so I, I going from a, cr- uh, a dishwashing job to this, it, it was... De- a huge step in the right direction. Um, I mean, I had to do a bunch of DVD authoring, which is actually quite fun. I I, I came to find, um, but it wasn't creating videos. It wasn't. Yeah. What uh, is, what does that even mean for like the people that don't know what DVD, DVD authoring, authoring uh, is? It's just 
so you know how in a DVD you pop, you put in a DVD and it shows an FBI warning sometimes. Yeah. Then it goes to a menu, and then you have different buttons. And if you hit a button, it does video. It it starts getting interactive. It plays a video. Yeah. So I basically did the coding. That sounds much more technical than what I actually was doing. You created like all those different triggers for like what yeah. happens when you push the button. Exactly. That's that's what. So it, you did like some some programming. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. It's 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 pretty friendly software, but it, it it's such a dying sort of medium, but it refuses to die, which is I think pretty cool. That there's, I mean, musicians just it, I I feel even now musicians when they come out with a CD or a new record, or a new album, yeah, whatever you want to call it, they they tend to have a that they make CDs of it. Yeah. Because people, a lot of people still do for sure. CDs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so working for this company, I just did things that were around media production. Maybe not exactly what I wanted to be doing, but it was, it was, yeah, going in the direction I wanted to. Yeah. In that realm. And we still did video production on the side. And, and even now bullseye media is doing good video production. Um, but I, I, was eventually able to become freelance enough where I was only doing part-time video production with them and then freelance with everything else. So we're working with a bunch of different people here in Portland. It's there's so many creative things happening here in Portland. It's yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's, it's cool. It's, it's really cool. And it is like a pretty supportive community from what I've found. Like as far as those meetups that you're talking about, there's, tons of music industry nights that I, I try to attend all the time. You just sure. never know who you're going to meet and like who's working on what. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's rad in that sense. Definitely. Is it fucking crazy for you to think about just all the shit you've been through to like eventually land at this 360 um, labs job? Yeah. Oh yeah. 360 yeah. labs. But That's the name of the company. Is that, is that just like crazy? Could you, ever imagine that like <laughs> how long ago was that that you were back in arizona uh i want to say four year and a half years now okay yeah so like five years ago kid like could you like when you were first getting into this camera shit mm-hmm. and just filming weird documentaries of, like i don't know did you ever like fathom that you'd be kind of working at this cutting edge technology company and, right. and actually making some money from, from what you dig doing. I had very little expectations about, Oh, I'm going to be a film editor. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put myself in, I'm going to put all of my energy and put myself into this one specific position. I very much wanted to learn everything. Cause I, I thought maybe I could be a camera guy that I would just be one of those, um, director of photography dudes that people talk about uh, that work with light a lot and they work with the camera a lot. Um, I mean, I, I was open to anything. I, I wanted to be any th- somehow involved in the creative world. And, and that was part of the, the fun process over those seven years of just learning how to do everything I possibly could. It was also me figuring out what I liked and didn't like or didn't like. And I, I mean, yeah, it's, it sort of came together randomly. It was just random. Um, I 
went to, I, I sort of, I, I worked for some people who they knew this other person and then they would tell that other person about me and then I would start a conversation with them and do pro bono work for them. And um, I usually say, that when I was freelance, I would usually say my first gig with you is free um, just so we could get established some sort of relationship so you can get to know me better. And it almost always turned into paid work. Yeah, you were obviously pretty confident then also yeah like in doing that i like, was hey i'm gonna give you this first one for free because right. after this one you probably are going to pay me to do this right uh, yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I would say this is what i would normally charge you i'm gonna do a deal of discount because i understand you don't have very much money and you want to make sure that this is gonna work and yeah it, it worked out really well for with a lot of different companies here in portland that's rad yeah super fucking cool yeah you're definitely i don't know when you when you start uh creeping past your your 30s i feel yep. like there's uh there's not always a bunch of people you can turn around to that are still maybe trying to chase i don't know maybe chasing something down is not maybe the correct terminology but mm. i feel like there's less less people kind of going after their passions for and a lot of it has to do with circumstance you know mm-hmm. um but it's nice to have uh definitely you're one of those people that is like super inspiring to me because i get to be around you and see that you you generally you seem to be in good spirits most of the time and i would attribute a lot of that to what like you are doing what you want to do mm-hmm and you definitely like worked hard to do it so you do have that appreciation mm-hmm. you know you weren't just it's like yeah th- this job may have come like randomly and and just kind of effortlessly but obviously you put in the work for that to happen so mm-hmm. it's just dope to like have you a part of whatever i'm doing mm-hmm. as well so yeah appreciate you for sure. Appreciate you too, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it's it's interesting too how when I left that freelance world, when I got offered a full time job at Three Sixty Labs, um, I think I told you you're one of one of you might be the only one. I mean, I still work for the the freelance people when they need stuff, sort of urgent, yeah. urgently or whatever. I'm available for. I've made myself available to them. Right, but you you doing the Dan Cable show is is definitely that's not. I, I wasn't I was willing to, to make the time, yeah, I think, to continue that going. But yeah, because it's so much fun and it's it does it's it, it it really takes me back to when I was first starting. That's rad. And it's and I and and you pay me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is so in that way it's not like when I first started at all. But well uh the the fun, relaxed, just 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 you 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 give me when we're doing the shows you give me very you're just make it look good i trust you just yeah do do what you do for sure i do and then i get to be creative and think about how i'm gonna do things absolutely oh it's great and then like on certain things we get to i get to go a little more in depth with you like the doc and yeah exactly put in like a little more directive input but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just i don't even know what i was going to say before <laughs> that um but it's 
Oh, I was just going to say that it was it was very cool. You did tell me that when you got this job mm-hmm. that that I was pretty much one of the only things that you were going to be doing. And mm-hmm. I was just like, sweet, man, this means <laughs> this dude, he really does like doing it. And you always give me that that feeling like at the end of every session that we do, just like, hey, man, so much fun today. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. And it's it always feels very genuine. So it's ra- it's rad. Yeah, it's fun. It it very much feels like playing around. But at this point, after all these years of making terrible, terrible mistakes on kind of similar projects in the past, I'm now able to uh, have fun and not have to worry, not have to guess about these these things that I don't, I don't, that I already know. I got you in your prime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to deal with the growing pains. Exactly. You just just have to deal with mine. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say probably every single studio session we do, or even just anytime we record video, I always see what I do and I always catch little things that I, I, I make mental notes of, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, are, are you that way with your, with your podcast Absolutely. When, when you hear yourself talk back? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, all the time, like I will definitely, I will listen back to this conversation, mm-hmm. um, mostly to make sure that everything sounds correct mm-hmm. or make sure that it, it uploaded correctly or whatever. Mm-hmm. But while I'm listening to it, I will be thinking about where I wish I would have taken the conversation mm-hmm. at this point or this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's helpful. It's a learning tool for the most part. Yeah. Usually. I don't know. It's as long as it's not incredibly cringeworthy. It's, it's awesome mm-hmm. to listen back to it and, and try to learn something from it. Right. Cause it's, I don't know. Each conversation is so different. Mm-hmm. Like even this one, it's like, yeah, I've, I've hung out with you so many times, but I still mm-hmm. didn't know what it was going to be like when I turned on the recorder with you, just because people are going to act differently. Sometimes some people are going to like shy up and, and not have a lot to offer. Mm hmm. Now you've seen the you've seen those episodes oh, where yeah. we cut to songs quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, there wasn't a whole lot of talking there. Right. It's like, all right, well, you know, this person like wasn't offering a whole lot, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's just some people are not super well versed about talking about their art or even feel comfortable talking about themselves, mm-hmm. which is totally cool and I I totally respect that. It just means mm-hmm. we're going to have a little more music right on those episodes. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's that's the awesome part of the show is that there is no time limit. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to deal with time constraints. So right. it's okay if, if one episode is 45 minutes and another one is an hour and a half. Like mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. So, right. Um, yeah, it was rad getting to go by the uh, the office today. Oh, and, yeah. And fuck with the, the 360 labs. The Oculus Rift stuff, man. Oh, that, boy. That blew my mind. I'd never, I'd never really strapped into any... Um, official vr i've only done some some chintzy like uh cell phone version of vr we call that google cardboard is is that where you have a piece of cheap cardboard and you drop your phone in it no there's like a a goggle that goes on like straps into certain uh cell phone devices but Hmm. what you strapped me in today was so immersive Mm -hmm. i could not believe the robot one (laughs) isn't that sweet where you are in this lab uh-huh. this little basement lab it looks like <laughs> and there's this robot instructing you on how to do things and and you are actually i was 
I just couldn't believe I was turning around and everything, this whole room was around me. And it just felt like I was in this room, even though you were in this real room with me. Like this virtual room became so real to me. Yeah. And this dude is like 3D printing all these different things. (laughs) And just I when I realized what was happening with that, I was I was like, oh, my God, this is a 3D printer that is happening. And then you show me the music videos after that Uh and the music video thing just absolutely like blew me away yeah. because I never thought about experiencing music that way. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the both of those felt like a psychedelic trip. The entire thing, the entire, like the entire experiment, like experience with it Mm -hmm. was, wow, this, this feels very similar to a heavy dose of psychedelics. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when the cat starts walking, the giant, 20 foot cat starts walking towards you with a giant bottle of champagne and shakes it and blasts the champagne all over and you're shooting little baby cats out of your arms. It's unreal. Like that part. Yeah, that, <laughs> but also just that that whole desert world changes. And I think that, um, at least for myself, I was very quick to want to, you know, look all the way up and, and turn completely around to mm. try to like find the holes in it. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Well, back here it's still regular world you sure. know but that thing there is no holes in it <laughs> you know it's just and it's different it's not it's not the same in every spot you turn yep. around and different things are happening and then that music video that w- everything was moving forward mm-hmm. that was insane you yeah. could have a completely different experience if you were face backwards that whole time well you know? yeah and then in that one you can grab objects like a knife mm-hmm. in that one Yep. And it, it took me to the very end to realize I could not only just hold this knife, but I could throw it as well and pick up another. And it would go into these di- like it would go wherever I want like wanted it to go. Yep. Just insane, dude. Yeah. So, thank you for <laughs> thank <laughs> you for the 360 Labs experience. I'm very sure. stoked to like see what other projects you work on. Yeah. We and we should all that. definitely think about the possibilities of incorporating that incorporating that medium somehow into the Dan Cable presents Dan Cable presents music videos or even in the show a live broadcast because then cause someone could turn around and see the audience getting crazy or they could decide to look at the person performing absolutely yeah there's so many options with that what is like the major difference for you working with in that type of environment rather than just normal filmmaking is it is it so different and maybe maybe that's why i feel sort of drawn to at the same time because in the 360 environment you basically plunk down a camera and then run away and hide and if you're lucky you wirelessly monitor what you're recording and if you're lucky again you'll audio record the audio of what your talent is saying or what what the what the audio is happening in that scene but not always um and everything happens in post. Um, and maybe that's, and because I, I'm, I'm probably more of a post guy than anything else. Yeah. Um, in editing and stuff. Um, maybe that's why it, I, I like it as much. Oh, that's, that's one of the many reasons. Um, but yeah, it's different. You, you don't, you're not setting focus. You're not figuring out what, what you're going to look at or how you're going to, uh, 
move the person's perspective in that moment. You you move the person's perspective in post, sort of via computer with audio that's directional. So you'll hear something out of your left ear and, and then draw the viewer's attention that way. Um, it does... Yeah, so you're, you're basically s placing a viewing eyeball that sees in all directions. And wherever you put it, that's where it's going to be. And it's going to look in all directions from there. Um, and and then after the fact, you sort of work out the kinks and, and make it look perfect yeah. in, in all directions. So it, it's a whole different thought process. The, the guys I work with, every so often we have to do what we call flat production, which is just your traditional you know, camera, DSLR, or whatever, looking in specific directions. And it's, yeah, they, they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's so funny to be, my, myself, I I'm just was so involved into that world, in the, the traditional media world. Yeah. And, and to then jump ship into 360, where it's, you, you run and hide from the camera. And and just hope and 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 let things happen as they will. It's it's very, it's different. I feel I'm still getting used to it because of how different it is. Yeah, I'd imagine that's super mind blowing. And then as far as the other guys not wanting to kind of revert back to the flat mm -hmm. filming, mm -hmm. I would I would think that in some ways going back to that could feel like it has so many boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In a way it does. Yeah. And I think that's slowly rubbing off on me, but a big part of why I, I really like working with you still is that I still am able to I I play and explore the, the flat world. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's still, it, it's not a, <sighs> there's still plenty of things that you can play with in, in that, in that arena of just your traditional camera and stuff. Um, that I, I really like. And I think now, I, I think your working with Dan Cable Presents is uh, is uh, sort of a uh, an opportunity for me to not really get a break, but to continue playing, I guess. So you're not always immersed in the 360 thing? You're yeah. You're still I, learning things about like the traditional... That's... A much better cameras way to, and whatnot to, and to say it in production exactly. yeah yeah because I, I don't want to give up i don't want to lose everything that i've learned doing the traditional media yeah and i i think if i did 360 video long enough i probably would i would probably forget what it was like to hold the camera and point it at something specific yeah that would make sense yeah if you're not exercising those exactly. those muscles you're probably mm -hmm. gonna lose something in it right you'd probably pick it up again and you know yeah relearn some things but i would i'm i just uh i even from i've been driving a rental car for like the last five days <laughs> and it has a backup camera and oh. all these sensors for like uh when you're reversing if you're close to something it has all these sensors right. so now i'm i'm back into my own vehicle again and it doesn't have any of that mm. And even even having that change is is sometimes it throws me off. It's like, oh yeah, nothing's gonna beep at you mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're close to it. So yeah. you gotta you gotta train your brain again. 
totally how to adjust to that so yeah it's kind of a ridiculous analogy but no but <laughs> it's, it, it's completely applicable i think <laughs> for sure right on man yeah um well i look forward to uh seeing what you do with more of this 360 stuff because it seems like you get to go and to all these cool sites and, mm-hmm. and different places to kind of explore how it works in these different worlds and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, 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 I, I cannot be thankful enough for every opportunity I've had in my freelance world and meeting you and working with 360 labs. Everything is, uh, I feel so, I've been actually trying to come up with a better word for luck. Cause I don't think it's luck. I think a lot of it has to do with the choices I've made. Yeah, man. But, a lot of it is random and kind of lucky for sure. So, um, there's that element of it too, but, um, from where I sit and from what I observe, it does seem like your hard work pays off. Your people enjoy being around you. Like you're a good dude and easy to work with Mm -hmm. and super knowledgeable. And so thanks. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is well-deserved, but obviously, I don't know. You got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky. Yeah. That that kind of whole thing. You got to know when I think there's, there's opportunities presented to you. I think there's such a big, big need for, for people to say yes, especially with things that might, you you might be sort of hesitant about. Yeah. You got to take a chance on shit. Yeah. Sometimes. And you do. I don't know. I've tried to express that through this podcast. Not that I mean any fucking measure of success or anything with this, but Mm -hmm. all of this stuff was just ideas, Mm -hmm. especially with that tribe doc. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey man, I want to try and make this. Right. So let's do it. Yeah. And cause you never know what's going to click with people. Right. You never know what's going to get that retweet that (laughs) not that you should be playing for fame or whatever, but, you never know when you're going to get that that recognition that maybe equals in some sort of uh, financial stability that allows you to keep making cool projects and shit like that. So sure. You got to roll the dice and, and try things and, and be there. Mm-hmm. You got to go to things, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think at the same time, I think it's fine to a- a- admit that there's a part of you that is sort of looking for this... Um, kind of attention to 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 your process and your creation oh you mean validation validation there yeah, we, go. we all need some validation i'll tell you what validation i i mean we're a hundred plus episodes into this i'm yep. still looking for it <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no it's nice it's nice to have people recognize what you do or like when it resonates with them and mm-hmm. like dude that was fucking cool that thing you did mm-hmm. it's like oh sweet man mm-hmm. that's awesome i thought it was awesome is awesome too so i'm glad right. that other people enjoy it you know mm-hmm. but that's also the fun thing about making shit that there's no pressure to necessarily impress anybody and when mm. you're just completely doing it because you want to do it right it's like i just made this because i wanted to so right. it doesn't like if if people like it that's added bonus you, you're, you're not trying to sell a product you're not trying to make a client happy right you exactly know? and that that's also why i've never wanted to kind of venture into the realm of having like any band pay for their studio session mm-hmm. or, or like someone that has offered like 
hey man we really love your show how much is it to do it it's like uh-huh. oh this isn't it's it's just curated by me and yeah. there's no fee to do it because i feel like that would compromise so you could you could have taken their money but you chose not to it just doesn't make sense i feel like then i'm obligated to have potentially a conversation that i don't feel super genuine about because mm. what if somebody offers me that money mm-hmm. and i can i can't really genuinely get behind their music it's true then it's just me saying hey yeah anybody great, who's got money record i'll you put know? you on so there and make you sound i mean good. it would it would honestly it would be uh it'd be different if somebody approached me and said hey we really love that tribe mars doc you made mm-hmm. we have a band and we would like you to consider doing producing one on us something similar and yeah we have this budget to do so i feel like that would be a different thing in some sense that'd be lovely and i would also like probably only take that on if i cared about the band because i think that's why it worked with the tribe thing because mm-hmm. it was easy for me to want to throw that in people's face and be like you should know about tribe mars mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i don't know details semantics yeah <laughs> it's all fun but anyway man i'm uh <laughs> i'm pumped to uh hopefully continue to make some shit with you me too i'm very excited and uh for our future together oh wow yeah <laughs> I, we I, should wrap this up i, I you sh- have an empty house <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna play it out with uh a jam from small million and this was <sighs> I felt like you would you would definitely pick a small million song. I I remember that session happening and I, I felt like this was one that maybe connected with you. That was the first band to bring in their own lighting equipment. Oh yeah, and that I was love awesome. When bands do that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's cool when there's like some added Yeah, cuz then I have an extra element to play with and Yeah. And there's a so it just I think it was it was the the planet. Yeah. It, it was a sort it's of like a, a time lapse of a some planet yeah yeah they had all they had some cool shit going on so definitely that was neat um yeah i felt like you would definitely pick a small million yeah uh tune to play so i'm I'm really bummed i haven't been able to see them live yet i i of course follow them now and i just everybody should see a small million yeah play live i think it's a it's a cool show but i think um yeah this was definitely one of those like video sessions i was in and audio as well obviously mike Mm-hmm. always does a killer job of mixing things down so totally it's like and so that's another funny thing about this process is i usually have to repair the audio myself and do the leveling yeah. and the eqing all myself and and getting these perfectly tracks like every single track i've gotten from you guys has just been right at the perfect level i don't have to lower the decibels right. it's just i just drop it in and bam it's hitting every mark <laughs> it is it's gorgeous awesome dude yeah yeah it's uh but yeah these videos for a small million you can find them on the uh the old youtube channel and you can find everything else is including that tribe mars documentary that we talked so much about uh com is where you can find forest if you maybe need some like a video done a uh a flat video or 360 video or 360 yeah yeah we're we're uh, 360 labs is always looking for cool creative projects to work on so there's yeah either either or right on so find everything in the links 
check out the YouTube channel. Check out all these video performances from all these bands that we're featuring. And um, yeah, we're going to play it out with Small Million, a tune called Half-Life. You got to say it's a program. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's your turn. Finally, it's my turn. It's your turn. Oh, man. I've been practicing this for so long. Oh, my God. (laughs) And before... I say the best line. I'm going to thank you, Dan, for even considering having a crew member on your show. So <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> I appreciate I, it. Like I said, I this was a very cool opportunity to learn some shit that I had no idea about you, and just kind of dive into your process, which is essential to like the production on this show. So it's very, it's it's sweet. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, in that case, ladies and gentlemen. It's program. <laughs> Did you even say program? <laughs> it's a program. <laughs> nice, dude. This is a small million, everybody, with a song called Half Life. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. See
husband. It's a pig.